Hey everybody, this is Gene Marks and welcome to the Paychecks Business Series podcast. My special guest uh, today is Dr. Kathleen Swody. Kathleen is the founding partner and director of assessment at Thrive Leadership. They're basically a coaching uh, and counseling firm for employees and businesses. We, Kathleen and I had a great conversation where we talked about all the stresses that people are undergoing working from home. As much as it is a valuable and, and a really requested benefit, there are some downsides to it and a lot of things that both we as people working from home and employers need to know to make it a better experience. And Kathleen and I also talked about just some things that that you know both employees and employers can be doing in the workplace to improve our mental health as well as benefits that should be offered and certain considering considerations that need to be done. Mental health is is becoming a major major issue among employees, particularly as younger generations are 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 being less afraid to come out um, you know and, and admit if they are struggling with certain issues and we as employers have to be able to react to that if we want to recruit and uh, and have the best employees possible. Kathleen, and I hope it's okay if I do call you Kathleen. Um, some people like prefer to be called doctor all the time, and um, um, you know, I don't know. I like it to be more personal. Is that okay? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I'm glad to hear that. Good. Kathleen, you are the founding partner and director of assessment at Thrive Leadership. So first of all, tell us exactly what Thrive Leadership is and tell us exactly what you do. Sure. Thrive Leadership is a leadership development company. So we work with individual leaders, executives, we work with their teams, we work with their companies to make sure that they're reaching their goals and that they're successful and that they're focusing on things that are interpersonal, um, how to best manage themselves, how to best manage other people um, so they can be truly successful in a sustainable way. And so we do executive coaching, we do workshops on emotional intelligence, communication, stress management, all of the things that they don't teach in business school. I got it. You know, it's funny if I, people ask me if, if I were ever to go back to school again, like I, I have a degree in economics and I'm a CPA, but if I went back to college, man, I would major or get a master's in psychology, right? I mean. It's, it's endlessly fascinating. And I always tell people, if you work with other human beings, yes, psychology can help you. Organizational psychology can help you. We deal with all of the headaches people yeah. from working with people, from conflicts, from people who are having emotional reactions to things, to why did that person do that over there? So it's, there's, there's a lot of work for us. Fortunately and unfortunately. So, so Kathleen, let me let, let me jump into um, some questions that I have for you now. Just recently, um, I wrote a column for the Guardian, which got a you know a bunch of a bunch of views, like half a million views, and it was about a recent study that came out from Microsoft, and it was about working from home. Okay, and I just want to I want to share with you some of the data. Okay, they they surveyed thirty one thousand full-time or self-employed workers and i'm reading this out right of you know what what i what i wrote in 31 markets around the world okay um two-thirds of these workers said that they are craving i mean that that is the word that they used more in-person time with their teams 37 percent of these workers said that their companies are asking too much of them you know out of the office um 54 of these work from home workers that we've all been dealing with over the pandemic feel overworked. 39% say they're simply exhausted. Um, you know, the, the headline of my article, and I don't choose the headlines, was that, you know, work from home is failing, you know? I mean, in these ways, when it comes to mental health, you know, as much as it's really saved a lot of jobs and saved a lot of companies during the pandemic, there's been a lot of costs to employees from working from home. So 
What are your takeaways on this work from home experience from a mental health aspect? There's pros and cons, just like any other work policy or just any other work arrangement. And so while there's been a lot of upside, people feel like they're putting, they're more productive, they put in more hours. A lot of people are having trouble disconnecting at the end of the day. It's hard, the line between uh, work and personal life has blurred. So people can't step back and get the mental refresh to hit the ground running the next day. They feel like they're always on. The laptop's there, so they might as well answer a few more emails. They might as well keep working. And they don't do the sorts of things that help them clear their mind and get a fresh start. Um, so that's a big part of it. So let's talk about that. Uh, you know, the you know, work from home is going to continue. And yes. it is, we all know that's a fact. I mean, when I say it's a failed experiment, I mean, this part of it, I think, is failing. But, you know, good companies have got to be offering work from home benefits going forward if they want to attract good workers, because people still really do desire, you know, the, the idea, right, of, of working from home and having that balance. So let's start with employees. Okay, if we know this is going to be part of the future, for sure. What advice do you give to people, myself, like I work from home, what, what advice do you give to, to maintain your mental health while working from home? Yeah, so lots of, lots of ideas. And the key word here is experimentation. Experiment right. to find what works for you as an individual. When are you most productive? Center your work around that. Uh, making sure that you're taking breaks on a regular basis. Right. Um, stepping away. You know, some people set a, a timer on their phone for 90 minutes. So every 90 minutes, they get up and, and stretch their legs, get a glass of water. Uh, I think the biggest thing people can do is, is have an end time, have a goal end time of, okay, at this hour of the evening, I'm going to step away from work and I'm yeah. going to put my phone over here. And unless it's an emergency, I'm going to do something else. Um, that's the big thing is building in that that space uh, for, for breaks. Um, and I think the other thing is making sure you're, you're getting enough sleep. Uh, a lot of Americans, the majority of Americans say that their sleep has been disrupted in the last year. And that affects the working from home as well. So making sure some good sleep habits are in order, uh, making sure people get the exercise they need. They're making good nutritional choices. Those all help us uh, manage our stress better. What are your thoughts on sleep? Can I take a nap during the day? Oh, that's a great question. I have not gotten that one recently. <laughs> I, I think short naps uh, at the right time, uh, when it, a time of the day where you know you're not going to be most productive, but you know, put a cap on it. We're not talking a two-hour snooze here. We're talking maybe like a 20-minute cat nap, wake up refreshed, and go for a second round of work. Yeah, different people nap differently. I mean, I don't know the way you nap. Something like my wife, she needs like two hours, you know, in bed under the covers. And um, I can put my head down on, on my desk for, you know, 20 minutes or half an hour and and feel pretty. Not, I'm not thrilled to wake up, but within a few minutes afterwards, I'm feeling very refreshed. So I guess it really depends on, on the person, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. I think the research says that that shorter tends to be better because if, if you start to fall asleep too much and get into that deep sleep, it's it's sometimes it's hard for people to come out um, really awake and ready to go. But if mm. if people like your wife are, well, then, hey, that's what works, right? It's, it's finding what works for you. And if you can fit in a two hour nap and feel better afterwards and be more productive, that's great. It's, it's about um, getting the most out of the time you have at work and focusing on what you get out of it, not just the time you put in. I agree with you. And and I can speak as an employer, you know, Kathleen, I mean, I have 10 employees. We I run a virtual company um, and we've been doing it since 2005. So this whole work from home thing has been, you know, is not new to us. And uh, there are pros and cons to doing it, but you know, I don't care when my employees 
get their work done. I mean, if they're if they're not available for a couple hours during the day because they're doing whatever else that they're doing, um, I'm actually fine with that as long as they're just they're, they're taking care of their clients. I mean, I know like when when we're done this conversation today, uh, I'm going to ride my bike. Like I do that in the middle of the day. You know, I live in Philly and I take like an hour out and I ride and it just clears, you know, my head and just, you know, you get, you know what I mean? So don't, you know, I, I think employers need to be flexible, more flexible with their employees. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's that quality of work that, that you're talking about there, that they're, they're fulfilling the responsibilities. They are doing what needs to be done, so, you know, serving your clients, but they're able to, to arrange the work in a way that works best for them and their energy right. levels. And I think that's why employees are going to have a hard time bringing everybody back to the office 100% because people are learning, hey, if I go out for a bike ride, I come back and I'm able to problem solve things better because I have a fresh take on things. Yeah, you know, it, it's amazing too. Like the, uh, again, that Guardian column that I wrote saying like, oh, work for home is a failed experiment and there's all these problems with it. Um, you would not, the, the backlash that I got on Twitter. I mean, there are people, they really want to keep working from home. You know, like they do not want to get, some of it's for health reasons. They're still like concerned about COVID. Others are just like, hey, I like this lifestyle. But I guess it just depends. It really does depend on the person because there are other people that really enjoy the office. Oh, absolutely. It depends on the person. It also depends on the type of work. There's certain yeah. work that we do where it's, I need to focus. I need to write reports. I need to write an article. I need to code, right? Those are things that take deep focus, no interruption. So those lend themselves to working from home. But then there's others where real collaboration really makes a difference. And so coming in a few days a week to get together and problem solve as a group or as a function is really beneficial too. So I think the answer is going to be a hybrid for a I lot agree. of people and a lot of companies. I think both employers and employees have got to realize that they've got to meet somewhere in the middle. Um, and you're right. I mean, my company, we're a virtual company and we are like the world's most dysfunctional company. You know, we never see each other as a group face to face and we miss out on that, you know, innovation and collaboration and all. Now, you know, there, so you, mental health itself has become, it, it continued to be a more focused issue. Um, it is, I, you know, I, I was writing on this recently that um, it was an all-time high year for venture capital funding and mental health startups. Um, it, clearly, it, there, there's a lot of attention. So still on the work from home issue, it, it's tough to identify even when somebody's in front of you. But how as an employer can you, you know, what, what are potential warning signs, Kathleen, as me as an employer, that maybe an employee is struggling, uh, maybe working from home isn't working out for them, maybe you know, a different type of arrangement might be, might be needed. Can you give me any, any of your thoughts on that? Yes. Keeping the lines of communication open are critical. So right. being sure from the get-go to say to employees, hey, if anything's bothering you, if there's something that we could do differently that would help you be more productive or help you get your job done, please come to me. We can have a confidential conversation. So making sure the welcome mat is out um, for, for people. But you also, as an employer, as a manager, you need to keep an eye on people and just kind of sense, like, what's going on here? Where should I have a conversation? So that might be a sudden shift in performance. That could be somebody who's all of a sudden showing up late for meetings, uh, Zoom calls, um, regular sure. touch points. They seem to be missing in action a little bit. Um, when their energy level seems to have shifted, you know, so maybe, you know, I know I, I've heard a couple stories where all of a sudden somebody who used to be a on person on the zoom call, all of a sudden just had a, a picture up or they put like a, like a, like a little toy from their desk as their picture. Like all of a sudden, like there's been a shift. So I think that's the key thing is look for those changes 
it doesn't mean the person automatically has has an issue, but that's that's an entree to having a conversation to say, hey, I've noticed you weren't as engaged in that client conversation we just had, or I noticed you relate to this. Can we can we talk? Like, what's going on? Is there is there something bothering you? And talk about it. So Fair I think enough. change is the key word there. Okay, let's move that into the office now. Now we are um, listen. The the average age of the U.S. small business owner is over 50 years old. You know, I mean, there are people that are my generation and it is a different generation. Um, you know, there are many of my clients, family owned businesses, people that are, they've been in this for a while. Um, they, you know, there, there are people of this generation that sometimes have their hard time getting their arms around mental health issues. It's more like just be quiet, get to work, you know, or I don't want to hear it, you know, I just, you know, whatever. So tell me a little bit, do you, do you think that you know, do you think that the the issue of mental health has become a greater issue as the the age level of employees in this country has gotten younger? And you know, do you think that that requires more of a focus from from business owners and managers? Definitely. If we look at the research trends, the younger generations, you know, for example, Gen Z right now, um, they're showing, they're experiencing these, they're reporting, experiencing the symptoms of anxiety and depression and burnout more often. And part of it is because they've accepted it more and there's less of a stigma for them in, in talking about these things. Um, and, and some of the research is, is uh, more recently about work trends shows that they're struggling with uh, going back to the office versus, versus wanting to work from home. They're experiencing stress in both those realms. Um, so I think it absolutely is a, a, a growing concern. Um, and then the other thing to keep in mind is the number one barrier to people seeking help for, for mental issues and challenges. It's not cost. It's not logistics. It's not finding a therapist. It's the culture of the work environment and feeling like there's some sort of stigma or there's something weak about asking for some additional help. So I think there's some shifts that employers can make to maybe not think about it in terms of anxiety and depression and these clinical definitions, but think about the symptoms. You know, do you really want somebody making decisions at your company who's not getting great sleep or, you know, isn't feeling well or is overly worried or about things? Um, so maybe thinking about it in terms of symptoms and, and experiences and not these clinical diagnoses. How about privacy, though, Kathleen? I mean, you know, as an employer, it's 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 awkward to get together and talk to somebody about their mental health and that person themselves might be concerned. They don't want their employer to know about this stuff. How, how would you recommend handling that? Oh, confidentiality all the way. It has to be be clear from the get-go. It's a confidential conversation. And I think as managers and business owners, we need to be aware of where's that line between this person's telling me how stressed they are and maybe they sh- I should recommend that they, you know, use some of our resources and, and, you know, find more professional help. But if they're talking about being stressed and they're talking about the work environment, um, it can still be a confidential conversation, but it's less about that mental health uh, HIPAA piece. And it's more about, okay, how can we work together to, to help this person work in the environment? Do you think with people coming back now to work, I mean, there is a higher level of anxiety coming back to work. There's a, there's a safety concern. Uh, there is like, you know, like you had said, a lot of people have a lot of anxiety that they're identifying right now. Do you think you're going to see more and more employers in the future, um, you know, you offer, you know, therapeutic service, psychological services, things that might, you know, might help their employees? Um, and have you seen any clients that are already doing that? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of a lot of organizations are offering it through their benefits packages. So just like they would provide some dental care and just like they would provide medical benefits, they're providing it as part of their, their benefits. 
Um, there's also uh, organizations that have support groups. So they'll right. have small groups that are meeting together to, to talk about different challenges. So maybe it's not pure mental health you know, advocacy, but they're talking about, hey, you know, what's it like to, to work in an environment? And maybe it's a group that meets once a week about meditation or mindfulness or focus. And um, so there's ways of doing that. Um, other organizations have offered uh, mental health apps uh, to their employees. So for example, Calm or other meditation-like mm -hmm. apps. Um, and what's really interesting about that is that it doesn't take the place of therapy, but people who are, they're more prone to use it because it's an app, it's easy, it's meditation, but then they like it and it helps them so much that they seek other resources on their own um, further. So perhaps therapy um, to further benefit from, from the process. So you've worked with a number of clients and I'm sure that pre-COVID you were visiting a lot of these clients on site. So, so tell me, Kathy, when you walk into a business that is a client or a prospective client, what, what red flags kind of come to your mind where you're like, oh my God, this place looks like a stressful place to work at, where this is like, I can see why, you know, we, we got to work on, make some changes here to this company's culture. What, what kinds of things uh, that kind of get your attention? I love this question. Um, it depends <laughs> on how much time you have, Dave. Well, the reason I ask is because so, you do this for a living and like, and you know, you know, don't even tell me you walk into a place for 10 minutes and you're probably like, oh my God, okay, these guys have some issues that they need to resolve. Right. So go ahead. All right. Uh, a few things right <laughs> off the bat is everyone stops talking when a manager walks by all of a sudden it's like people have no personality. It's wow. just completely gone. Wow. Um, two, um, I'm talking to the leader, a leader in the organization, and they say things like, I don't suffer any fools. Okay. Um, um, other things they might say is, well, I pay them. That should be enough. Okay. You're lucky By the way, you I hear this and see this all the time. I think you're almost describing me, but carry <laughs> on. Keep going. <laughs> so those, those, are, those are a few, those are the few big ones. Um, or you're in a meeting. And you could see down the table, people are, are rolling their eyes a little bit or, or, you know, making eye contact with one other person in the room, raising their eyebrows. And that there's a meeting that happens after the meeting. That oh. during the meeting's pretty quiet, except for these strange nonverbal communications. And then after the meeting, you see people in clumps talking in the hallway. Right. That's a sure sign they're not running very efficiently. I was at a uh, client just a, it was it was only a month or so ago and um, the owner of the company was talking to me I was in like a small conference room and just by coincidence in the hallway coming by him was one of their one of his employees a young woman and she was crying and um, and he you know you could tell he was like oh boy and and he and he said to her she gave like you know is everything okay and she was telling him a story her car she had car troubles and you know she didn't know how she was going to pay for it and she whatever and you know and then she moved on and then you could see you know that he looked at me and he started rolling his eyes you know like oh boy you know kind of thing. what what would you say to a guy like that you know i mean it's clearly that again i get back to generational but it's clear like you know she had a specific issue that was really weighing her down and he really didn't seem to care you know um, what would you know if that was your client what kind of advice would you give him yeah empathy <laughs> is underrated for yeah. leadership right and I, I think it's part empathy and understanding this person is having a moment Right. And they just want to be heard, right? They want their story to be heard. It wasn't taking all day, at least I hope not. No. And what can he do to get her back on track? And if she catches him rolling his eyes, that's going to, there's not going to be some trust there. She's not going to run through the wall and work her <laughs> hardest for her, him or his company. 
Uh, that's that's not the recipe that makes organizations work. So instead, if you could just take five minutes, count to 10 to himself, take a deep breath and just listen to this woman for five minutes and then, you know, help her kind of get back on with her day. Uh, everybody wins. Right. And so he has to play the long game, not just the short term in the moment. I, I don't want to be listening to the story about the car. What time is it? I got to go. But really just spending that time, you know, because it means something to people. Yeah. People want to be treated like people. That's they what really I've learned do. in my, my years. And they, they want to be heard and they want to be respected. And that's, you're, you're absolutely right. Okay. So listen, let, let me be selfish. We've talked about employees, employees, employees. What about the business owner, definitely, right? I mean, you know, I mean, it is a stressful life running a business and balancing your home and your work life and all the other stresses that you have. I have a few clients, and I've written about this before, that actually see therapists on the outside um, and are unabashed about doing it where they can, they, they hire a person for an hour, somebody that does not have an agenda, somebody that is a, a professional like yourself to just hear out what their stresses are. What, what kind of advice, other advice do you have for people running businesses to keep themselves sane and to keep their mental health well? Oh, it, it is so important. <laughs> one is don't be a one person army. Like you said, you know, who can you get on your support team to help you, whether it's a therapist, whether it's an executive coach, whether maybe it's a fellow business owner, who, yeah. that's the only thing you have in common is you're trying to run businesses during a pandemic yeah. where you can kind of get out of your own head and, and think about something from a different perspective. Uh, that is so critical. And the second thing is we got to be as small business owners aware of our overplayed strengths. And it, because of the nature of the beast, uh, small business owners tend to be more resilient. They tend to just, you know, drive through stress. They, they're able to take on a lot, but that could be to a detriment. And if they right. keep taking it on, taking it on, you know, we're human beings too, right? There's only so much they can take. So understanding that muscling through isn't always the best way. So take advantage of that perspective and think through, is there a smarter way to get things done? Is there a different way? Am I focusing on something a little off, but not just muscle through? And what a message to, to their employees, too, because if they're just muscling through, especially during a time like this, they're not going to be seen as, as empathetic and caring by their people. But if they can, you know, take some time out for themselves and say, hey, you know what, I need a break. I'm, I'm you know, taking off this weekend. Here's what I'm doing. Um, they'll be seen as human beings and more trusted by their people. But they right. got to take care of themselves. It's the oxygen mask example. Right. And I guess this is where the value, I mean, I, I know this sounds like a commercial, but it's true where a, a firm like Thrive Leadership comes in because a lot of times we don't really recognize that or get it. And we're too wrapped up in the things that we're doing. We actually need somebody from the outside to, to give us that kind of message. Yeah. And to, that space to reflect, yeah. to, to reflect in a comfortable environment and not be judged. And to your point with people who don't have an agenda, our only agenda is, hey, we want you to be successful. So we're going to ask questions. We're going to listen. We're going to think things through. And that's powerful, especially business owners tend to be go, 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 you know, what's, you know, on to the next thing. And to have that space to think through, okay, what am I really going through and, and how can I do it better? It's, it's powerful. It's great. Kathleen Swody uh, is Dr. Kathleen Swody is the founding partner and director of assessment at Thrive Leadership. Kathleen, first of all, what is Thrive Leadership's website? Uh, it's www.thriveleadership.com. That is great. Kathleen, thank you so much. Great information and great advice. And um, I, I have more questions to ask you, but we're, we've ran out of time and I'm going to have to have you come back and we're going to talk more about mental health, particularly as we recover from this pandemic and get back to hopefully real life. There's still going to be a lot of different stresses and, and, and I appreciate your input. So thank you. 
Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. For more information on running your business, uh, for advice and tips and, and help, visit us at paychecks.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. My name is Gene Marks. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Catch me on Twitter at Gene Marks and again at Paychecks. We will see you again next time. Thanks. This podcast is property of Paychecks, Inc. 2021. All rights reserved.